Listener Production. Hi, I'm Helen McCabe, founder of Future Women, a club helping women to connect, learn and lead. Over my career, I've run teams inside newspapers, edited a magazine and launched my own business. This has meant building a team from scratch, leading through difficult times and managing the odd crisis. I've never had any leadership training because I thought you were either good at leading or you weren't. I thought being decisive was a key metric for success. I was wrong and it led me to make simple but avoidable mistakes. In this series, I'm doing what I should have done years ago, reaching out to people who I admire, who have also successfully run teams across all types of industries. So I can ask their advice on some of the common leadership challenges. One of the things I most dislike about leadership roles is giving a presentation or public speaking. This is surprising to many people because I began my career as a TV reporter and I've given keynote speeches, off-the-cuff speeches, and I've sometimes emceed major events. So this episode is about how to find the inner confidence to speak in public. My guest is a former executive who is considered an expert in nutrition and well-being. Michelle Chiavelli-Hedge is also a popular public speaker who is paid to give keynote speeches. Now, your job sounds like my worst nightmare. Can you explain to our listeners how you spend your week? Do you know, Helen, I hear that quite often, particularly after I come off of stage, right, and I'm mingling with guests and they'll say, Michelle, I'd rather be dead than up there speaking. And I look them square in the eye and I pause and I say, really, you'd actually rather be in a box than up here and they laugh, right? But fear of speaking is is very common. And I hope that this podcast inspires people to speak more because what a better way to scale your message and educate people in a fun way than speaking. So what did you do to become a sought-after speaker and facilitator? Well, I think that there's a couple of ingredients that make a good speaker, and that sounds like hashtag bragging about myself, and I and I hope it doesn't come across that way. We encourage people to um, talk about their skills on this podcast. <laughs> Great. Okay. So um, I think the, the, the main thing for me is that I have been encouraged to become a speaker. I worked at Microsoft um, in 1990, so I was doing a lot of speaking for them, and I think being an educator, a natural educator, and then moving into my space of well-being, which I am incredibly passionate about. I'm incredibly passionate about helping people improve and become their best selves, physically, mentally, and emotionally. So I think the combination of being an educator and being really passionate about my topic And wanting to let other people hear about it is what inspired me to move more into this space. But it hasn't been easy. It's been clunky. So what were the actual steps, though? Because I think, for what it's worth, being a great speaker and facilitator, you have to have expertise. It's not something you can, you might be a good presenter, but in order to take that next step, you have to have a bedrock of, experience or expertise and you do so you've done quite a lot of things before you came to public speaking absolutely so I would say in terms of 
Become an expert in the area that you're speaking about. So much so that you can speak about it with your eyes closed. You can dream about it. You know your topic so well and you're passionate about it. And then like anything else that we do in our life, Helen, hire an expert, ask people for help. So along my way of my speaking career, even when I was back at Microsoft and still currently now, I occasionally touch base with professional speaking trainers, right? So they just tighten up what I'm speaking about, making sure that the ever diligent me that always wants to educate the audience, that I make sure that I add humor. That's really difficult for me because as an educator, I want people to walk away and have all these aha moments, right? But also I forget that it's about edutainment. It's about educating and having fun along the way. But definitely, like anything in my life, I always think I'm good at what I'm good at. But what I'm not good at, I'm going to hire other experts or consult with other experts about. Okay, so talk us through that then. So at what point did you think, okay, I'm a reasonable public speaker. I've got a natural flair for it. But actually, this is a a whole other skill and then seek help. And, And then who did you go to? Okay, great. So funny story. Story is always good, right? I left Microsoft. I began my career as a nutritional medicine practitioner. And in a typical clinical setting where we would see clients, one of these clients came to me and he was a senior executive at a global firm. He said, Michelle, I would like you to speak to my group of 20 men that I play soccer with. And I said, tell me a little bit about them. He said, oh, they're all C-suite. They're they're leaders of industry. And I thought, boom, there you go. There's my perfect launch pad to get in front of these men that are all at corporates. So where did I have to meet them? I had to meet them at a pub after a soccer game. And wasn't a paid for gig. You know, you do the hustle. That's what we all do, Helen, right? We do the hustle. We We have grit. Got in front of them and delivered my first nutritional well-being conversation, which I I said, energy, productivity, and high-performing humans. And all of these men, this is 17 years ago, these men, and believe it or not, it was all men, they, they invited me into their corporates. And because I come from a strong corporate background and I have a nutritional medicine hat, it was a perfect plan for corporate well-being and a very niche space. And also, as we know now, Helen, the world of corporate wellness is exploding because We need to be looking after our employees if we want high performing humans and we want profitability, et cetera, et cetera. And and also all of those things for leadership. So I began public speaking while running the other side of my business, which was seeing clients. And, And I also think that that lends to being a nutritionist that is at the call face can add to stories in public speaking. But then I went I went back to my original trainer, who was a guy named Alan Parker He's a fantastic human being as well as a coach in speaking. But there's several people out there. And then Alan brought me in and put me in contact with other speaking bureaus. Well, I am with a speaking bureau and they also recommend other trainers. Part of being a public speaker is also really making sure that you are deeply, deeply passionate. There's a few things too, Helen. I always say to people, Make sure that you're incredibly well slept. Make sure your blood sugar is balanced. 
make sure before you're doing any kind of speaking engagement that you're in something comfortable, that you are physically and mentally well yourself. So you're able to deliver the best messages possible. And, you know, yesterday, Helen, you and I spoke about a little bit about apprehension of public speaking. And I'll never forget the gift that one of my New York friends said to me one day in the very beginning of me speaking. I said, oh, Ellen, this is really difficult. Like this, it's it's difficult. And I, I feel like a pompous windbag when I'm standing in front of people trying to deliver a message. And she said to me, no, 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 no. Let's reframe this, Michelle. She said, every time you're in front of an audience, it is about gifting that audience something to take away from, something to inspire them. See this lens as giving a gift to all of them and them walking away and being really happy with some of your take-home messages. Not about you, Michelle. It's about the audience. And that was the greatest gift someone could ever give me. And you told me that when we spoke yesterday, and I absolutely loved it because I often struggle to explain in our Future Women Masterclass series how it is I've managed to speak pretty regularly when required to without too much discomfort, even though it is one of the least enjoyable bits of my current job and my previous jobs. And the way I've always talked about it is that I realized I had to come to terms with the fact it's not about me. It's about the audience. And they just expect me to be reasonably proficient at it, to not make them feel uncomfortable and to not spend too much time at the lectern pontificating. They want short, sharp, effective, and then get out of there. So I really like the way you've framed that. I want to go back, though, and unpick just a couple more things before we get to your nutrition piece, because I think that is super valuable information for this audience as well. What else does a actual professional speaker, trainer teach you? What are the things they say to you? Oh, they talk about breath work. They talk about movement on the stage. So now we're doing all sorts of speaking engagements via webinars. But these things are equally important, right? How people hear you and how they see you. So just talking about from live events, there's a lot about your movement. And people will always say to me, boy, Michelle, you really know how to integrate that audience as you move from left to right, sometimes into the audience. I always like to move into the audience. I want to be with my people. I want to be with my tribe. I want them to feel like they're connected to me. So breath work, being very definite about what you are going to say. So my current speaking trainer gets me to write word for word what I am going to say, practice it over and over again, then only take out keywords and then throw the paper away. And so I never speak with any type of paper, right? I just remember the key words in my brain as I go through it. And sometimes I go a little bit off pace because I'm an excitable New Yorker and a type A female. And, and that's okay because again, I've learned to trust that what I am delivering 
is going to be valuable enough for the people. And I think that's part of it, Helen, right? As an expert in in any area, right? Trust that your knowledge is an aha moment to the people that you are delivering it to. Thank you. I think that is extremely helpful. And I was just thinking about props. I think my advice to anyone who's still in the early stages of their public speaking experiences is if you want a prop, have a prop. Do do you take a prop? You don't need one anymore. I don't need one anymore, but I used to, Helen, for sure. And I often will work with slides. My slides never have words on them. They have photos. So I'll speak to those slides or PowerPoint or whatever it might be. But I love props. People love props. So I quite often talk about sugar and the sugar blood roller coaster and brain fog and productivity and et cetera. So I actually often have a prop of sugar sashes that I throw out in the audience. And people are like, wow, Michelle, that was such a great visual. And I think that that's important that people, you know, you have a bit of that because let's say most of my presentations, Helen, are 45 minutes. You want to keep these people alert. We know people's intention span is quite tight. So keep them alert, change your tone, pause, step back, step forward, bend down, all of those types of things that are really important to keep the the audience engaged. And don't forget to laugh at yourself. If you make a mistake, it's funny to have some self-deprecation. The audience love that. One of the things that people remember me most for, Helen, is a speaking engagement that I did with the Dalai Lama. And I was so excited about the speaking engagement. I knew word for word, I knew where I was going to breathe in this speaking engagement. The morning of the event, I got up, I got ready, fed my three children, my dumb dog out the door, Luna Park, there I was with 5,000 people, got up on stage, got off, I nailed it. My friend came over from Channel 9, said, Michelle, you nailed it, evidence-based research, so funny, except there's a big problem. I said, what? She said, oh my God, look at your face. I had left my facial mask on. The clear facial mask from four o'clock in the morning, I was so busy, I forgot to wipe it off. So, you know, you you have to laugh at the- No. Yep, yep. And, it, you know, now- How? Well, I put, my, I put my foundation right on over it because it was a clear facial mask. So there I was in front of the big screens and been introduced by the Dalai Lama and it had started to peel. And so I have photos of this, right? Because people had photos of it. So now I actually use that as a start to many of my speaking engagements to say, if you think that there's anything perfect about this nutty nutritionist, let me tell you this story. Oh my. Yeah. I am speechless. And can I just say, that would be the reason why I, and I think everyone listening, would never speak. No, you've just inspired me to get better at it. And now you've just taken me about five steps back again, because that is what can happen. It can, but you know, we're all human and people love the human element. People love that. And so I, I, I share that photo of me with the Dalai Lama doing this and I do it and I say, There's nothing perfect about me, nor there should be anything perfect about nutrition. And it allows the audience immediately to feel like, okay, this girl is okay. She's not going to give us some kind of lecture. She's going to be funny. She's going to be one of us. And I think that's a really important bonding experience right off the bat from any speaking engagement. Bond with your audience. 
is great advice. And I want to just tell everyone you've got great skin. So clearly, clearly there's an upside of <laughs> putting on an early mask. Let's talk about nutrition because I know it's a bit of a segue, but I don't want to miss an opportunity to talk to you about your your other expertise and uh, that is nutrition. Tell me, why is nutrition so important in your corporate life? Yeah. So I, I like to ask people this, you know, all of the things that you want to excel at as a professional or a high performing human or leadership skills, effective communication, strategic thinking, creative thinking, at high energy levels, you name any character trait, Helen, and we could actually do this like fun, to achieve all of those things. It's very difficult if you are not well slept and if your blood sugar is imbalanced, or for example, let's go the other way. Let's say you're a really poor sleeper. You haven't eaten properly. You're on a blood sugar high and a blood sugar low. You're all over the place. You have an exercise because you know what? You're sleeping poorly, so you've ditched exercise. What I call the foundations of well-being are nutrition, sleep, exercise, and then that has the knock-on effect to stress hack or stress reduce. Those four things are the foundation of us as human beings, professionally and personally. So I like to, you know, even do these rapid fire questions at the end of every speaking engagement. And I say, you ask me anything and I will tell you how eating better and sleeping better and having a little bit of exercise thrown in can lead to anything better in your professional career. And Helen, I didn't know this when I worked at Microsoft. My cortisol levels were were higher than off the charts. My waistline was expanding more than the growth of Microsoft in 1990. I was probably heading for a divorce. I was a type A female trying to take all my KPIs, have small children. And I really wish that someone spoke to me from a well-being perspective back then to say, hey, listen, there's a way to health without hassle. You can have coffee, wine, and chocolate along the way, but there's some fundamentals that you need to get right if you want to climb that ladder. And this is the kicker, Helen. How about have a little bit of self-like, right? I mean, as women, we're really good at losing our self-love. That's even going too far. I say, no, let's come back to self-like, ladies. Let's do some things that we get our confidence back on so that we feel that we have a voice, that we can communicate effectively, so that we have enough confidence to be amongst a table of maybe more than 50% men, but yet still have a confidence in our voice and the clarity of our thought. Boom. Michelle, I don't exercise at all or very little. What do you recommend? Well, this is what I say to everybody. Meet yourself where you're at. And that's totally fine, Helen, because you know what? A lot of people don't exercise. So you just start with going, okay, maybe 15 minutes a day, I'm just going to walk. And I'm going to walk in the sunshine because what I'm trying to do as a really efficient woman is do a double bang for my buck. So I'm going to get some fresh air. I'm going to get some sunshine, stimulate the pineal gland on my eyeballs. You know, we can go down that track another time. But you're trying to get, I know, we're all efficient women, right? So start walking. Just start with simple walking. 
It's just like what I say about people moving to a whole food way of life or what I call a low sugar way of life. Small steps. Because Helen, the reality is everybody on this podcast will know about well-being tips. They'll know, wow, I, I should eat better. I know the science of eating better. I know the science of brain health and gut health. I know about immunity. I know about preparing ourselves and building our immune system from COVID. I know that leaders of the world have these common threads. But why most people, Helen, don't make the leap to move into this space of better well-being is they feel that the gap is too big. So I always say, don't let the gap be big. Start small. Start small. And then, you know, before you know, you're walking a half, half an hour a day. What about... All those mums listening who say, yep, I know, I'd love nothing more than a good night's sleep, but that is not going to happen for the next 15 years. What do we do? What do we do for them? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, first of all, let me give you a big cuddle, whoever you are. I remember those days because I had three children under four and my family is all in New York, right? I married a, a very Aussie guy. So I do remember those days really well. And that's when we have to really come to terms as women and go, accept and control what I can control. I can't control the broken sleep that I get from my kids. But if I can squeeze in a nap somehow, or maybe I can't even do any of that. But what I can control is how I feed myself. And if feeding myself properly gives me the energy and the stamina that I need and doesn't have a knock-on effect to my sleep, right? So don't be eating things that are going to compromise your sleep. Do everything to try to protect what you can and then just accept. We can only do so much and to accept the fact that it's a time in your life, it may be broken sleep, sneak in that extra sleep when you can and don't get critical of yourself, right? Don't get critical. I always say, hashtag no guilt, ladies. We're really good at beating ourselves up. We are not good at nourishing ourselves. And we need to change that. We need to change that conversation. I ask all my guests, what sort of leader are they? How would you answer that question? Oh, a very excitable one, (laughs) as you can see, right? So I think my world of leading and leadership is constantly growing, Helen. I'm an incredibly curious person by nature. Um, I've just finished my positive psychology formal study so I could roll that into nutritional medicine because that lends itself really nicely. I think that, well, I hope to be seen as a generous leader because it really truly is, Helen, from my soul, my purpose, my passion to be able to help other people, particularly women, be the best version of themselves. You know, and even if I'm just nudging that dial, the tiniest bit of improvements for people to feel better about themselves, well, then I'm winning. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. It's an absolute privilege to meet and talk to you. And in particular, thank you for sharing all those tips around presentations because So many women find presenting a very, very difficult thing. And the truth is, it's actually not that hard. No, it's not that hard. And Helen, I invite anybody listening to this podcast, reach out to me. You know, I'm on a Healthy View Instagram, DM me. I'm a really, 
As an older, wiser woman now that my publisher talks to me about, it is my job to help mentor and help facilitate in every way that I can. So, and I truly mean that, Helen, please. I'm happy to share what is inside this little brain of mine. We'll all be DMing you straight away. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Helen. This podcast was recorded on the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to elders past and present. Executive producer is Jennifer Goggin. Series producer is Holly Mitchell and audio imaging by Nat Marshall.